Welcome to the show, everybody. Real fun one today. Repeat guests. You know, it's going to be good if it's a repeat guest. I don't do that very often. This is actually their third time back on the show. My favorite academic couple out there, Joseph Goodman and Celine Malkoch, join me and uh, and talk about why I like them so much. Much of their research is based on their marriage, the little disagreements that they get into in their in their marriage and married and family life and they're hilarious and interesting and and bright and everything we look for on this show talking a bunch about well-being and and um, consumer behavior and in this time of quarantine really cool episode and if you like the idea of Couples quarreling. I I made a show called the um uh, the the quarantine couple, a little web series. It's on quarantinecouple.net. It's also on the front page of Shane Moss m a u s s dot com. Just started doing it. Fun project with my friend Justin McGuire, who's a professional filmmaker and and wonderful comedic actress and great improviser. And we just came up with this um cool idea. Uh, that's that's kind of like a South Park version of of the world that we're in, where everything's we're in quarantine, but everything's heightened and and done in kind of a cartoonish, exaggerated, um, ridiculous way, and it's shot in like a Curb Your Enthusiasm style, where we kind of have have a couple of we have the things outlined and know where things are going to go, and then the rest of it is, is improvised, and then we just edit from there, and it's a really cool, fun project. If you want something from me that's a little goofier, and we're still going to try to put some kind of bigger ideas in there and have some um, uh, conversations with more depth, but uh, each episode's just so far they've just been two or three minute long, quick, fun little. Uh, ways to get a good laugh in in this time and so check that out and subscribe i've been putting these um uh the these here we are podcasts on youtube so you can see my guests in person you can see our dynamic and fun facial expressions and stuff like that it does add a little uh a little something to it for sure i'm surprised i I didn't start doing it earlier. Now that I've been doing this is one of the wonderful things that's come out of this quarantine is that I've started putting a bunch of stuff on YouTube and it's new and I could use your support. So anything that you can do to subscribe, leave comments, like, share, all that stuff. I even started making some highlights so you can check out a few minutes um, here and there that makes it nice and easy to share. Something like, say, Nina Pfefferman's like three-minute breakdown of of uh flattening the curve for for the people out there that uh that still don't don't seem to um get it in in this with all the confusing information out there just a nice three minute really clear really sensible breakdown of what flattening the curve is all about and, and a bunch of fun stuff like that so i hope you'll check out my youtube channel all this stuff is at shane moss m-a-u-s-s 
facebook.com. I hope you'll subscribe and see all of the new things. I hope you'll check out. I've been doing tons of social media stuff. I'm tweeting like five times a day at Shane Comedy. That's new. I took a few year break from that. I'm doing Instagram. I'm trying to put something on Instagram once a day. Um, I'm making some Facebook posts here and there. So I hope you'll check out all of that stuff. Support me in this time. Um, Check out Patreon if you want to help out fund the show. Keep the team uh, going. Uh, All of my editing expenses and media expenses and, and my assistant who's lining up all these wonderful guests. That's where that goes. But one great way you can support the show and yourself and continue your education is by checking out the Great Courses Plus. Make sure and go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash here we are. I've mentioned this so many times before on the show. I've been a fan of great courses for about 10 years now. I've been taking great courses. I can't believe I was able to form this partnership with them a year or so ago. And then now there's this quarantine and everyone's getting into self-help and taking advantage of the uh, of this time off for those of you that have it and are reassessing things to learn some new things and, and maybe shift gears in their lives. And there's never been a better time to start taking some courses now. It's a free trial and it's only $10 a month when you sign up for a quarterly plan. Do you guys realize that when I started, I would buy a single course from Great Courses for hundreds of dollars. Hundreds of dollars. That, that's what that's what like a three-year subscription costs you now. This is an incredible time to educate yourself. Take advantage. It's a free trial, so there's no risk. You can take things like an introduction to infectious disease. You could take a course on money and banking, what everyone should know. Uh, You can take a course on fighting misinformation through uh, digital media literacy and uh, just things like that help uh, help make sense of this new world that we find ourselves in. Go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash here we are website to get signed up today and that helps me out. Thank you, Great Courses, for supporting the show with such an awesome product that I can confidently confidently tell my listeners to check out that I believe in myself that uh, that I uh, that is um, so exciting and I would uh, I wish everyone was was taking more classes like this and spending um, their time once they've finished Tiger King rather than looking for the next thing to binge watch and the next thing to binge watch you're gonna run out of those things in a hurry and you're gonna be left but nothing but bad 80s movies uh, that you're digging to the bottom of the streaming services. Why? Why when you can educate yourself and start having more intelligent, interesting conversations? Right now we're all calling one another and connecting and talking with people that you haven't talked with the most. Don't you want to make those conversations more interesting? Don't you want to have something new to say about what's going on? That's why I uh, I recommend going to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash here we are. And that's why I'm putting together all of these free pandemic edition podcasts 
for you so you'll have a lot of new things to talk about a lot of new angles and you won't just have to uh, hear and say the same points that everyone else is making about everything right now do it before we all go insane all right you guys are awesome the great courses plus.com slash here we are talk down the backside are we yes where are we here why are we here not entirely clear we are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to make sense of it all it's immensely bizarre here we are hello everybody and welcome to the here we are podcast another special pandemic edition of the here we are podcast um, I am talking with a couple of my, uh, my, my favorite scientist couple, I might say we've been, uh, they've been on the episode, a couple or the podcast, a couple episodes in the past, they've done stand up science. And, um, if anything should prove to you that science can be fun, it should be these two. Much of their research is based around arguments that they have in the home and trying to study and prove the other wrong. How much fun is that? We have Joe Goodman and Celine Malkoch are joining us. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm... Great to hear from you. Yeah, interesting. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm very busy. I'm trying to record as many of these as possible. And uh, yeah, it's... Uh, um, and, and trying to figure out the apocalypse. How, how are, how are you guys? How are you guys doing over there? Hanging in there, you know, two academics working from the same household with two little kids requiring homeschooling and two old old pairs moved into our house. So we are now a household of seven. Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah, it's pretty lot, a lot of chaos. Uh, but you know, I think that's that's where it is. Everyone's trying to find out a way to to make it work. The new situation. Yeah. So um, I've kind of been asking people how uh, how their uh, how their research um, kind of shapes the way that they look at this situation, maybe a little bit differently than others, or how you know a, a lot of people are are kind of seizing this um this as this very abnormal um uh condition um in so many ways in in um a, at least our modern human history and and uh, to be able to study human behavior and everything else mm -hmm. so what have you guys um kind of been thinking yeah. about yeah, I mean, exactly. We, we both we study consumer behavior, which is just uh, another word for human behavior. Uh, and so this is one of those times when people start doing really weird stuff that, you know, makes us go nuts and go think, just ask a lot of questions like, why are people doing that? You know, yeah. and it, I, I mean, I remember through probably like three weeks ago now or maybe two weeks ago and I it's like, you know, maybe I'll go stock up on some stuff. I think maybe we, you know, we might be spending some more time at home. So I go to Costco early in the morning on a Friday. It's usually quiet. And I just walk in. It's like, it's a little bit busier than normal. And I just I'm like, oh, there's a long line to check out. And I just keep walking back and back and back until I can't find the end of the line. It's like, oh, the world is changing. You know, just seeing the whole world is changing and how 
I was like, okay, I guess I wasn't that smart of a person to, to try to get to Costco early. Yeah. And it's just, and then I start looking at what people are buying and how they did this. And, uh, you know, so we, for us, it's just a, a, a huge lab of human behavior of how it changes and, 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 and what motivates us to buy and do things that we wouldn't normally do. Celine, what's your take so far? Uh, so a lot of what Joe said, I think having two consumer scientists, we constantly are just like, people are, like one of the things that jumped 800% in sales is yeast. I'm like, really? I, like, didn't I, see that. I didn't see that coming. I went to the store looking for yeast. I couldn't find it. Like, like what's going on? Why? What's going on? Like, why are we all baking now? Like, we are out of puzzles. Like, again, I didn't see that coming. I thought it was going to be, you know, people we were watching TV. So I think there's like a lot of interesting things happening in terms of what people are doing with their time now, uh, whether that feels like so or not. And then on the side, I'm also playing with a few ideas about this whole new idea of working from home and the balance of work-life balance that is no longer exists and the boundaries have altogether disappeared. So I'm trying to understand it a little bit, doing a few studies on that as well. Oh, that's fascinating. I have, uh, so a couple things. One, yeast. That is, I mean, I, I, guess, it's a, I guess it's a nice staple um, for people that's affordable and lasts for a long time. Is, is that just like, is that people just Googling best things best things to have in a bunker or do you think it's <laughs> do you think it's people yeah. like homebrew, homebrew? Uh, or is I, it no well, i guess baking baking in general is just up so people don't want to go to the store they need fresh bread fresh you know eggs and milk well i you know i don't i don't know if like live chicken sales are up yeah um, so they're still going to the store for eggs and milk probably or they can stock up a little bit but bread you just you know it only it doesn't last that long so people are baking at home but flour is flying off the shelf so people are uh you know learning to bake of course the irony is you need the eggs to be able to bake so you're already going to the store to yeah. buy the eggs so you might as well buy the bread <laughs> we have yeast. But, <laughs> yeah. but i actually see a lot of friends like looking uh, at facebook or instagram and whatnot people are really getting into baking they're having like baking offs show yeah. offs of sorts it's just like you know baking bread at the same time FaceTiming and trying to make it into a social engagement, which I find to be rather odd, but it seems to be a thing. Yeah. Well, and, and, and anything that people are cooking now, so, so baking is a big one, and then bean sales. Like it, this is a boom for the beans. You know, be, bean sales are through the roof. All sorts of beans: lima beans, uh, black beans, uh, garbanzo beans, chickpeas, black-eyed <laughs> yeah. beans. Yeah, and, and it, you know it stores really well. So people are. It, it's good protein. Um, it's good for the environment too, so that's really nice. It's sustainable, so shout out to that. But people are learning to just to cook in different ways, and um, so the things that they wouldn't normally buy, like grocery stores, don't have a month's supply of beans on tap because it just wasn't a big seller. Right. And now it's up three hundred percent. They sold three times as many beans in the last few weeks than they than they normally would. Huh. I I wonder I wonder what's uh, what's like sitting on the. Yeah, you know, poor Ferrari dealers that are probably uh, yeah, yeah. a little overstocked. I always feel bad for the, Ferrari. You do. I, it's times like this I always find myself worrying about the <laughs> first. Are they fine. moving their inventory? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Took the wrong week to get a Ferrari dealership. Yeah, yeah I had... Um, 
I used to uh, uh, I used to live um, across from David Geffen's um, summer home and uh, of, of Geffen Records and and in Malibu. And then he he's been like nice. posting pictures. He's like, hey, I'm out on my yacht, social distancing, like these real like dickhead <laughs> pictures. And I'm like, dude, I now I know your house is empty. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the wisest thing to do. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I'm not flying commercial, only on my private jet. You know? <laughs> um, in terms of this, I would love to dig into this, this blur between work and personal life this this is gotta be um i mean the biggest time you know this is something that i have for many years um had to really deal with i'm i'm someone that doesn't really clock in and out i i have i have show times and i need to be do a show at a certain time and with like stand-up science, which you guys did, I got to show up early and set up and do things. And then, yeah, that makes for, for a long day. But much of my work is outside of that. It's like in front of the computer, it's emails, it's doing that sort of thing. And I, you know, I've had to, I almost touched my face. Whew, that was a close one. Um, I, I had to, oh my God, it's so hard not to touch your face. Um, <laughs> I, uh, slap your face every time you do it. Yeah. I need to just, it, I think, can you just like take sanitary wipes? And I, this may not be good information. I should ask someone that would know this and then use those on your face. To <laughs> I would think that you could, um, some face wipes. Fa oh, get into the face wipe business now face wipe business. while you oh. can. Ooh, invest in that face wipe business. Like, oh, um, like wipes. Yeah. <laughs> Anything health, even filtered water is is sales are up. What, 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 the water, we don't have a water epidemic. What's going yeah. on? Anything yeah, health mean, related is going to be good. I mean, I will Sorry, say I, I that. I sidetracked you. No, no, no. I mean, I, let's sidetrack away. First off, I find that this is the most ADHD in <laughs> my lifetime. And I'm just like, I feel at home, like we're all, we're all all over the place. I'm like, Oh, I can, yeah. Like I, I can be your, um, I can be your distraction shaman. I've been, I've been distracted for 39 years. Let me show you guys how to do it. Um, <laughs> I, but you, you know, I, I remember driving from LA to New York or back to Wisconsin, four day drive thought crossed my mind what if gas stations start shutting down? Like, like the way in which the, when I was driving the, this pace of change of like the, the alerts, the way in which things were every 24 hours, things were escalating uh, so much that I was like, holy shit. And so I'm sure there's just a lot of people that are like, are the public public works going to be, are we going to need a two week yeah. supply or a three week supply of water or whatever? I mean, I, I get the concern, but, um, but yeah, it seems, it seems like, I guess if you're fortunate enough to have the space for that, but anyway, work to, uh, back to, uh, the, the blurred lines. So I, I have a big, you know, Right now, I'm right now. I'm sitting at like a little desk that I have. Oftentimes, I find myself working from bed. You know, I'm often in like hotels and Airbnbs, and um, and I just kind of have my computer in bed. And 
you know, I've heard of the idea of kind of there can be this blur just between, you know, having a place to sleep and having a place to work and kind of the subconscious making things a little blurry. So, so now I'm like trying to go to sleep at night and I'm in work mode and that, or I'm trying to work, but I'm feeling sleepy. And, and that's just like one small example of how, how lines can get blurred a little bit from, um, from my own life. And now everyone is having this, you know, times a hundred because I, I don't have a family. You guys, you guys have, <laughs> have, have you generations. Have <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, I mean, I have parents, but you, you, you have, you, you have, you have gener- I, I don't have children, I should say, I, um, or, or a spouse. You guys have a whole, you have three generations in a household right now? Ish. Yeah, well, yeah, well, we did. Yeah, you're, you're, My uh, parents were here until last week. So mm. they have their own apartment, but they spend their days here. So we had like three and a half generations, I suppose, my parents, then us, and then the old pairs that are just like about 10 years younger than us, and then our kids. Which is, you wow. know, just a fancy word for nannies that live yeah, with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Turkey. Wow. Uh, so. Not really nanny, but, but yeah. yeah. So how's, how's a, that? How's that impacting your um, your work in home lives so far? Well, I guess we're kind of experts in it because we're used to, and you're talking to someone, not me, but Selena is one who uh, uh, will commonly work in bed and have her laptop out and, and work all over the house. Because we're academics, we, we can do our work uh, anywhere. And so we do actually spend a lot of time working at home and have home offices. So uh, on that regard, it doesn't change, you know, a, a, a whole lot. But now I'm thinking about it. Maybe that's a whole reflection of you mentioned trying to sleep because you're thinking about work and the same space and we don't really have those boundaries. Well, I mean, I, I find that the biggest change and that's kind of what I'm trying to study right now is, is not that we are at home as a physical space, which definitely contributes to the issue. But it's that others in your life are also in the same household with you. So my kids are at home. My husband is at home, which is such a constant reminder of the opportunity cost of working. Right? Normally, I go to the office. I sit at my desk. And that's the time to work. As Joe said, we are academics. So there's a little bit of a leeway. But oftentimes, at the office, I do work. And then I come home. And you know, as long as the kids are awake, we are family time. And then I might switch back to work. Mm. Now... I come up here, I hear the kids downstairs. They don't understand that I still work. So they come pop up. And now I'm feeling guilty over working during working hours because of all the social presence around me that's priming me to my other self, like my family self. And I find that to be the most distracting. Like the fact that I feel guilty when I work because I'm not spending time with others in my household. And when I'm spending time with others in my household, I feel guilty for not working. So. It's just like, damn if you do, damn if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, just a, a lot of guilt. <laughs> yeah. People don't really post that on Facebook too. They're like, these are all the times I wasn't spending with my kid taking cute pictures. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's this a, is me neglecting. That's a, very, my <laughs> that's a very good point. Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. I, ho- I hope you guys do that. I, I, I hope we start. We should start a real trend. Facebook feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you lose that my patience. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah, of course. I mean, and it's so hard for kids to. I mean, so so much of. I don't know how how old are your children. Five and nine. 
five and nine. Okay. I mean, that's pretty young. And, and then, you know, even especially people with like, you know, two or three year olds or something like that, that really, there's nothing that, you know, yeah. you could yeah, say that they could understand. But there's um, some more fun stuff too. It's like, uh, I could, you know, uh, like go on a bike ride right now. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a lot more fun than what I'm doing right now. And, yeah. you know, they're playing all these fun games. And so, yeah, it's, it, and that's a, the big difference is that, you know, okay, we're working at home, but also the kids, the kids are at home too. They're not at school. And, mm. and, and that, that changes the dynamic. I feel like there's both pressures, right? I mean, for certain people, I think work, working from home, like us, like I feel like people almost expect more from me because they're like, oh, you're not teaching. All your meetings are gone. So you have all the time to do research beyond task. For some others, I feel like there's the other pressure, which even I feel to some extent, it's just like the, the pressure to be more while being productive, I'm going to call that, like picking up hobbies or, you know, I hear people just like, oh, having social hours, drinking hours with their friends over Facebook, or they're just making time to bake together. And I'm like, who has time for that? But at the same time, the more I see those, I feel the social pressure to not the work and to nurture my well-being in some ways. Then I feel guilty for not doing that. And wow, like in case of relaxing, maybe a little bit, I'm just like more of a stressful than I was before, if that was ever possible. So, so this is, uh, and, and I think a lot of this ties back to social media as well. Yeah. Um, and so we, we've been doing a study too to kind of look at um, how not just social media consumption, but all media consumption um, is affecting social distancing and how that's going to be affecting well-being uh, later on. So we did one, we don't have any results yet, but we did one um, uh, one survey, like one part of the study, and we're going to keep following up with people throughout the U.S. that we're surveying to kind of track to see how much social distancing and uh, how they're using different types of media and isolation to see. Because really, what we'd expect is that not when we're social beings, we need to be around people. Otherwise, we get depressed. We get, I mean, we're, we're just not made to be isolated um, animals. And so... Uh, everything says that this, this should uh, lead to a lot of uh, unhappiness and lower our well-being, even depression. But there's all these tools now that may, you know, that, that could help us out or they could make it worse. I, you know, I know. <laughs> Everyone likes to point at social media as, yeah. as the negative, but if you use it in the right way, maybe it could be the positive. Interesting. So what are, I am on a personal level, so happy you brought this up. Let, uh, let me show you where I'm at right now, social media wise. So I kind of took about the last two and a half, three years off of social media for the most part. I have an assistant that would um, post things or I would tell her what to post. What I, I found it to be unhealthy for me. I, I have not the best impulse control. Um, I get worked up when I check Twitter um and uh and um am am reminded of there's a re I, I don't watch the news because i get too um uh oh, right I, now so, yeah you know this is yeah. whew. let's not get there let, let, it, it, let it out let it out I mean, I mean it's 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 funny because it's the worst time to watch the news and it's the most necessary time to watch the news at the same <laughs> at the same time so so anyhow because of 
related reasons, I kind of started monitoring. I, you know, I took all social media apps off my phone. And, I, and it's also I've been trying to eliminate screen time as much from my life because I, I just find I'm more productive and creative when I'm not in front of a screen. So even like calling my assistant and dictating an email is like, even though I don't, you know, it, it's expensive. <laughs> That's an expensive way to email. Um, <laughs> it, it's the, the productivity of me staying away from a screen, someone that has, has a hard time regulating their screen use. Um, was worth it for me. And so then what happened was in, you know, as my show stand up science started kind of taking off more and, and I was like, I'm not even on Instagram. Instagram's all the rage. I hate doing selfies. I should start doing this thing. I need to start building up this presence. Okay. <laughs> and, and I know you guys have done, we've talked about selfie research, I think in the past uh, on past episodes or taking pictures on vacation and, and the pros and yeah. cons. So, so started that in November reluctantly posting some stuff here and there. And then, and now all of the sudden live touring done. Okay, quick. I need to establish my digital presence and, and get my, what was 90% of my income was live. Now I need to figure out how to make, I have employees that I pay and everything else. And so now I have to take social media seriously. I don't respond to it the best. Uh, I woke up in the middle of the night last night wanting to like see how a tweet of mine did and check the like <laughs> retweets oh. and likes and like uh, I'm waking up after two hours of sleep and be like oh I wonder should I delete that post did it get enough retweets should I <laughs> should I retweet it again and man so so the point is I and I'm sure a lot of people would love what uh, any kind of insight that you have on healthy and unhealthy social media use. I mean, you know, you don't have the data yet specific to this scenario, but any speculation yeah, that you yeah. have regarding well, this particular moment in time. There's one that you mentioned, um, you know, Alex Barish at, at NYU has done some, some research on this. You talk about taking pictures, whereas like taking pictures can actually be a, a, a pretty good thing. And, and it, um, oh, on one hand, you kind of think of it as taking pictures takes you away and, and uh, from the situation and you, you can't be in the moment because you're worried about the picture. But what she also finds, and Slink, correct me if I'm wrong or add to this, is that it's kind of the goal of why you're taking the picture. And if you're so worried about self-projecting and, and self-presentation, thanks, um, then that's when it becomes the negative. Like that feeling of, I'm, I'm hanging on every word that I'm tweeting and I'm worried about my picture just being perfect and you're losing kind of the, the, the bigger picture here of uh, just cataloging it. Then you, that's when you run into problems. And, and like I, I joke about this Facebook feed of the real, you know, real parenting of, uh, you know, not, not just yeah. my perfect kids and my perfect life and, and how I have all this time to do all my hobbies. It's, yeah, it's make, make like, sure make sure and take all those imperfect pictures of Celine. I'm sure she'll. I'm yeah. sure she'll. Love that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, but it's kind of like living in LA. I mean, you live there, and people. I I haven't lived there, yeah. but I've spent a lot of time there, and people always joke about it. It's like no one works here. It's it, it's kind of hard to work in LA because you look around. It seems like everyone's not necessarily on vacation, but everyone's like out to lunch and getting coffee. And is anyone working right now? You know, you go to the beach, and it's like there's people that are on the beach. 
And so, <laughs> but, but you don't, you don't see the counterfactual. You don't see all the people that are actually working in their offices because yeah. that wouldn't be exciting. And that would be awkward if you just walked into people's offices. I'm just saying if you're, if you're right. here, but it's the same thing. And, and social media, it gives you a slice of life, but it's not a random slice. It's mm-hmm. just that one component. And, mm-hmm. and it's easy to see, to, to get absorbed into it. So I guess that's the bad side, right? Mm-hmm. It's basically, I don't have a lot of friends anymore that post their life as much. And they mostly post uh, opinions and articles and discussions of what's going on. And that I actually find to be much more productive use of social media. And I think that's the kind of use that we are trying to understand a little bit better in the uh, research that Joe was talking about. You know, I see people talking about a particular, you know, outbreak starting in a city and they put a graph and somebody else says, and I've got nerdy friends, clearly. And somebody else says, well, you know, that's per million, but you should be looking at it this way. And somebody else does the analysis. And in that world, if you're surrounding yourself with people that is actually using this as a platform to discuss and connect and discuss issues, I think social media can be very productive and uh, helpful. But to the extent that you've got these other friends, and I still have a few, I kind of not unfriended them, but hid them a little, that's showing me, oh, I finished this this puzzle in the morning. Now I baked. And by the meantime, I wrote three articles. Hey, look at me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I don't want that in my life because that's clearly going to make me feel bad. But the problem is, of course, the good comes with the bad. It's not easy to filter everything out and only look at the... Right, and so you can use use that... You know, use, if you're using social media, actually be social. Think about what social is. Is it's, it's it's an interaction between two people or two things or two. It's usually people. Um, and it, 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 when social media just becomes a one-way conversation where you're passive and you're just taking in what other people are doing and you're not having a, a conversation, then I don't think it really has that benefit. But if you're if we're using Zoom and WhatsApp or Instagram to stay connected with people and our loved ones that we couldn't connect with before, um, then that's using it for a good thing. And that's actually, you know, bringing it back, we're business, you know, marketing professors. And so that's where marketing comes in too, is, is that like you're talking about your business is that, uh, um, and, and your career is that that's a way for you to interact at an individual level on a personal level with, with your fans. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there it's a good tool as opposed to the old way of just blasting stuff out. And you want to see are people retweeting it? Or are they making comments? Because that tells you that you're having an actual conversation. And normally I know you're paying attention to me because you're looking at my eyes and we have eye contact and you, you say something back to me and I say something back to you. That's a normal conversation. Mm-hmm. We don't get those cues on social media. So we have to look for, oh, are they tweeting back? Are they forwarding it? That's the cues. Mm. But pretty soon we just, it's, it's easy to get addicted to that feedback. And, and research has shown that it's a lot, it can become like a drug. I mean, you get endorphins, you get, it, it, it's like, you know, taking a hit of Coke or something of like when people will look to see if their tweets and if their postings get forwarded on to other people and they, they need that. They need more and more of it, you know, just like an addict. Mm. Well, um, <laughs> on the good on the good uh, side <laughs> as, as, as someone uh yeah i i mean i am 
I, I have a very addictive personality and I, I don't shy away from a good vice. I don't, uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't beat myself up over, over a vice, uh, as much as the, uh, 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 guilty pleasures don't make me feel as guilty as as they, guilty. Do, as they do some people. Um, but, but then in, in going back and I, I, um, I mean, Joe, Joe, you kind of got away from this a little bit, but I think, um, um, oh yeah, Celine, sorry, yeah that's, so, that's no, my... no, no. I was going to say I think so, yeah. I think think Can Celine made maybe the most maybe the most important um, point that I've heard so far for my listeners uh, to understand is that all of my um, angry political Twitter rants are actually a good thing. Is that what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that what? But then Joe countered and screwed everything up, and, and uh, but. Uh, so hear what you want to hear. Yeah, I hear what you want to hear. So, so this is a, you know, this is one of the, on a serious note, one of the um, great things that I see happening right now is everyone's just like reaching out to their old friends, to family they haven't talked to in forever. They're doing these zooms. They're catching up. They're being a bit more honest. Uh, you know, I'm I'm from uh, my my upbringing um, in my small midwestern town is that you don't complain, you don't share your feelings, you just like work hard and everything and be positive and everything's gonna be great all the time. And now people are just like, holy shit! And it's kind <laughs> of refreshing. It's a little refreshing to hear a bit more authenticity <laughs> in in some of these. Uh, some of these conversations and it's nice to see people um, you know reaching out and kind of reestablishing connections and reassessing who it is that they care about and in re- reprioritizing some things in their lives yeah, and I think I I mean we the research idea that Joe was uh, discussing a little while ago really started from observations uh, Joe myself and I think you also had her in the show Kathleen Voss uh, we were all yeah. like butts up in each other and just like sharing information and blah, blah, blah. And then either George, Kathleen said just like, oh my God, like I cannot keep up with my phone. So many different conversations, WhatsApp, I keep on getting information and calls and this and that. And we are like, why are we all doing that? Like, it's not like we wouldn't reach out to any of these people or we wouldn't share things with them, but we are kind of expanding our circle and sharing far more than before. Uh, so one idea that we are trying to play with is like... Can, just, can I just say uh, quickly, yeah. sorry, uh, be, be, so I don't cut you off in the middle yeah. of this. I just want to say that if Kathleen Voss is having trouble keeping up, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's something very unusual uh, happening for the listeners that is a hypomanic manic person <laughs> that I'm talking about. Yeah, just and in the best way. She, yeah, she, <laughs> in the, in the best she can way. juggle it all. Yeah. <laughs> she can Endless somehow energy. juggle it all. Uh, yeah. endless resources yeah uh, but but i think one thing that we all settled on and trying to figure out is like this event that's happening to all of us is in some ways a social equalizer right moms and dads and kids are in some way well except that the parents are sometimes more vulnerable but just like you know on a personal level me and my neighbor we might be different in a lot of ways but at this particular issue we're equally at risk mm. you know me and my boss he might be running the school and I might just be a lowly professor there. But now we are all in the same boat trying to basically survive and just do the best with our families and with our lives. So in some yeah. level. Or the janitor or, or the, yeah. the checkout person, you know, it's just 
yeah, and, and, and I think that that's the, you know, we, we and maybe going back to politics, like priming the equality so much in our, in our conversations, the inequality in the world, that this thing is so egalitarian. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, janitors went, went from this. You were quite thinking because I said I'm a lowly professor. I mean, you know that was going to come up wrong. So I, yeah. lowly. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I could see his brain going. He's just like, no, 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 don't say that. <laughs> But 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 janitor. nothing against janitor. I mean, it's in a very important role. All the janitors that are listening, you know. I mean, it's a great that no, know, that's what really that's important. what I'm saying is, is like, um, you know, his, really historically, important. this this was almost like a slur to call it to be, uh, you know, the way in which culturally we talked about janitors, custodial engineers. Sorry. And, yeah. yeah, and but these are these are people on the front lines of yep. of this war these are now like the heroes um protecting all of us and um and uh, meanwhile um you know i'm starting to think maybe the my you know ferrari dealer isn't as <laughs> necessary in my life as i once thought that he was <laughs> great guy Great, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> great guys. Good family. Smooth talker. Uh, <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> um, so, one thing that, as we've been talking, and and as as you're talking about finding, you know, blurring these lines, one one thing that doesn't even, you know, there's just going to be all of these underlying issues that. Right now, people are thinking about the number one priority, and people aren't thinking like, oh, everyone in the world is going to have post-traumatic stress disorder after this, like everybody. Um, and, and, you know, what, what's that impact on our culture? And then just things like, oh, I got to be home a lot. Well, now I need to start figuring out how to separate my work and my family life. These are things that are, you know, some people still haven't quite, uh, you, you know, a, a lot of people are still like, well, this is like a two week vacation and now starting to realize like, oh, yeah, this is reality. This is a new way of life. Um, and, and, you know, and, well, I, I mean, say that it's, it's, it's also, it's hard to, I, I think at first the question was about dealing, you know, work and home and, and, and juggling the kids. And it's a real problem, but pretty to some people it's like, that's a luxury because yeah. what I'm I'm doing is I'm I'm juggling how to pay the bills and put food on the table because I don't have a job. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and that's really uh, uh, it's like right. we, yeah. your problems are you know, right, great, right, great, great. Oh, I mean, <laughs> this is this is going to be the the great who has it worse off of of, <laughs> of mankind, um, <laughs> especially once. Once we really start eating rich people, then it's gonna be like, geez, I'm not <laughs> sure the Ferrari dealer deserved yes. that. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and then we're gonna all quickly gonna be unloading all of our money on on everyone else so they get eaten first. Um, <laughs> You've worked this all out. <laughs> um, I've clearly thought all this through. Um, yeah. But uh, the 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 point that I wanted to bring up was that. Um, New habits and restructuring things can be really difficult. I mean, I think that I am 
more adapted to it than the average person because I don't have a routine. I don't have a schedule. I'm in three cities a week. Uh, my, my only constant in my life is change. M many people in this have been working the same like nine to five job and keeping the exact same routine for a long time. And now you're sitting at home. Okay. I want to build this new habit of separating work and family. Okay. Now I need sunlight. So how do I make sure that I'm, I'm getting outside? Do I schedule that in? Okay. I guess I got to start meditating now because chronic stress is bad for the immune system and I can't have a weak immune system right now. So if I stress, I die. Uh, yeah. And it's just like all of the new, all of the new things that I, I mean, everyone's just getting the rug pulled out from under their lives. And for some people, this is like a much needed break, you know, and, and this is like people are getting caught up on, on some, on some sleep deficits that they've had for, uh, for a very long time. But for the majority of people, this is this is traumatic. Um, so, so how are people going to manage this change and start trying to build new routines and new structures in their life? I, I know this isn't necessarily. Yeah. I know you guys are consumer uh, behaviors. Well, no, I'll let Celine because Celine does the work on scheduling and how people manage their time and, and things uh, like that. Yeah, and I think I already talked in your show and at least once about this the idea that like I don't believe in scheduling and I think that it's like in some ways too restricting and yeah. it's quote unquote an evil in some ways of the modern lives. It's scheduling is anti nap and anything that is anti nap <laughs> is evil. Yeah, you can't schedule an app. I guess you you can't no. It's I mean you could you schedule can. a nap but it's just always yeah. accidental. Yeah. When, is it uh, even fun if you schedule it, right? Yeah, that, then you're putting a lot of pressure on that nap. That's some pretty <laughs> heavy-duty expectations on that on that nap. Uh, na napping when you when you need need and feel like a nap is is a, a great luxury that I've uh, that I've often had um, through my through my career. I often work, I, I, I often work like very long, you know, it's not, it's, it's not unusual at all for me to work 12 hours in a day. But I, I also at the same time have a very flexible schedule in terms yes. of when I feel like working and whatnot. So, so anyway, um, well, I mean, the, the evil that I talk is really that evil that you're mentioning, by the way, like it's this, when scheduling gets in the way of like general flow, natural flow of things, that just kind of interrupts a lot. Mm -hmm. Now, having said that, I think in this new world, uh, it is necessary to establish, I'm not going to call it schedule, but uh, it's, it's necessary to establish some form of a routine because unless you put the routine in, you cannot turn that into a habit. And we know a lot from the habit research that it's actually best formed in unusual circumstances when everything is new and everything is out of place. And when you have an intention and routine to actually make that really happen. So this is a good time to actually set a few new routines out there. And indeed, in the study that I mentioned about you know, how people are coping with this, we are trying to isolate the people who are intentionally realizing that you can neither keep your old routine nor be flexible. None of those is gonna work, but if those who actually will actively set a new, more realistic, more up to the new normal kind of routine will be the ones that's going to come out on top 
from this and in terms of their productivity, but also with their well-being and happiness and all sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, uh, just uh, for for me, I started, so uh, I've gone on on and off, but I started smoking cigarettes again last summer, like a moron. And I was, I know, and, and like two weeks ago, finally, when I was just like, I was starting to get paranoid and, and I was like, well, this is an awful time to have a smoker's cough. Um, and, <laughs> and I was just like, enough is enough. And I, I quit. It's been over two weeks. And, and, and I've quit for like years at a time. So I, I know I'm at least, I know I'm in the clear for at least a couple, two, three years until I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I could probably oh, have one. Great. I think I can have yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll do that again in two or three years. And that will be another nightmare. Um, but, uh, but, but the point is, is that, you know, there are ways of looking at this thing as, of like, you know, just in terms of, of um, quitting smoking alone, I, I might look back at this as like, hey, Corona actually extended my life <laughs> because I because I quit smoking, and if I want to quit smoking, um, it, it scared me straight. Scared and, the shit out of my cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and so now I have twenty more years uh, to live because of the new habit that I formed at this time. So that that's an interesting take that that this might be just because of the shakeup of people. It might it might be giving people yeah. a opportunity for a fresh start. Yeah, I, look, I, I'm preaching it. I'm not succeeding it. Yeah, I've been trying to form my new routine for the last two weeks, mm-hmm. and every time I feel like I make progress, I fall back on. Yeah, uh, but you no, know, you're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to well, motivate people. You're supposed to be like, I was down well, and out. Remember that the real parenting feed. We're kind of still doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. supposed to give the yeah. the hero's journey. But but I think the reality is it's. A lot of the times, it's the same thing with the internet and social media. Like when things look easy to achieve, that's when they are the least motivating in some ways because you try and it just seems so far away that you basically lose all your motivation and give up. Mm. So I think it's important for everyone to realize that like this is not easy. This is going to be hard on everyone, even the people who actually study time management like me. Uh, And it just takes a lot of conscious effort to be able to sit down and establish a new routine that's realistic and also have the flexibility to keep on tinkering it until you find a way that works for you. And yeah, and I, and I think that that's the balance is that, because, and, and, and we have this in our relationship is that Celine's constantly the, that let's not schedule it, let's just see what happens. And actually on a couple of our trips that were planned, we didn't schedule it, so it turned out really yeah. well that we, we never yeah, got around to booking. We don't have to cancel that trip to Barcelona anymore because we never... <laughs> Book Never booked the tickets yet. I mean. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so one time, one time you were right and paid off. But uh, just... <laughs> okay, maybe. It's... See what <laughs> when I told my listeners. Did I tell you guys these two are fun? <laughs> so, but you know, this is I, I, you know, I I think I've interviewed or or, or between my podcast and stand up science, I I probably um uh. Uh, I've probably uh, worked with like 500 scientists now. I think you two are the only two um, scientist the couples only couple? that, that are openly disagreeing. Yeah, all of our projects have started as disagreements. And, and this is, and that's probably, we, we the, the, the scheduling thing is this, is this balance of on one hand, 
you need, Selene is this believer that to keep rough schedule is okay, but to keep that flexibility, keep it open and just kind of let it happen. Because if you, as you said, the nap, the best naps are the ones that are unplanned and in your body just naps when it needs to. Yeah. Not because you tell yourself cognitively, I need to go nap right now because I have 45 minutes between four and four and 45. It's just not going to work. But on the other hand, our bodies in, in, in our lives do a lot better when we have habits. And that's why we get addicted to smoking because it's a habit. So we can get addicted to bad things, but we can also have really good habits mm-hmm. um, and, and those routines. And those kids love that. And that's what kids do really well when they have routines and they know it's coming and they have the habit. And you don't need to say, oh, am I going to go exercise today? You just know automatically at 8 a.m. I'm going to exercise because that's what I do every day. That's when I meditate. And so we can also use habits and routines as a way to get us to do good things. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you have to have some flexibility in, in, in your life to, you know, to, as they say, stop and smell the roses and, 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 and the experiences, the new experiences that you're having now because everything is changing so much yeah i i mean i will say this is one thing that i've been doing a really good job of uh, as i've been kind of uh um trying to do as many of these as possible and i have a zillion other projects uh going on trying to (laughs) trying to figure out this this uh new what my career is now um and (laughs) now that there's not going to be live entertainment until about august or so probably um but i um you know, I've been, I've been scheduling, say, take, for example, these podcasts and some like web series stuff and other things, scheduling them and, and leaving enough space in between. So I have like this flex time where I'm still doing something positive. So at that time, I'm like, oh, I can nap at this time if I'm tired between podcasts, or I can finish my emails then. But so, so I have this kind of, you know, these scheduled breaks of like flexible time where I can still be productive, but I can still rest. And, um, and, uh, for, for someone that's, for someone that's spent 16 years without, uh, you know, trying to figure out how to have a, uh, a scheduled, but flexible life. Um, that, that's kind of what, what I've stumbled upon working for me. I'm no, by no means perfect. I still need, I'm, I'm doing you're, everything you're pretty else. close to perfect. Pretty, pretty close. I mean, the smoking thing, you had me there, but now you fix that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm crushing a lot of things right now, but exercise, exercise is my wow. next one. It's, it's not, I'm not, I'm not getting outdoors enough because I'm a wimp and I'm in Wisconsin and it's cold. And I'm not exercising enough. So those are my next two things to, to, uh, to check off. But other than that, I've been managing this pretty well. You and I, brother. I yeah. never liked exercising for the sake of exercise, exercising yeah. unless I can make it fun. And there isn't many ways to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, the research would say pick an achievable goal, not mm-hmm. a high goal. Right? That's the big thing about creating routines. Like... I think if people are starting saying like every day I'm going to run for 30 minutes, that's going to fail before you start. But if you can say, you know what, twice a week, and I'm going to decide that to be Tuesday and Friday, I'm actually going to take one hour to walk in the mornings. That is a far better way to start. And then once you start to get comfortable with that, it's much easier to add on to it, either to make, you know, exercise harder or just make it more frequent. Hmm. 
I want to do, you know, like the documentary Super Size Me. Um, yeah. I want to, I want to do that, but with, um, with uh, goal setting where, um, uh, where like for 30, for the first 30 days or something, I'm just going to every day, I'm going to set myself up for disappointment. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going. I'm just. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just going to. Each day, I'm gonna wake up and think of an exceptionally unrealistic goal, and just see how that sits with me at the end of the day. And then the following thirty days, I'll try. I'll try these small incremental gains. And like what? Uh, like you say, like today I'm going to go run a I'm going to go run a marathon today and just see how that, <laughs> yeah, see how that see works. How that goes. And then I don't even get out of the house. So like yeah, <laughs> do anything right. Um, that's just uh, yeah. If uh, you end up, and then you always end up at McDonald's at the end. Yeah, <laughs> I end up at McDonald's. Um, but but I I really. Uh, the idea of kind of these small in incremental gains is something that I've that I, I sometimes talk about on stage. It's something that's been a big impact on my life, uh, and I try to think about and implement more than I actually do. But um, but man, we, way too many of us. Um, this is why New Year's resolutions don't work very well for yeah. folks, is because it's like, okay, on this day. I'm gonna do all when the I'm, things correctly when I'm really hungover and I when can't I'm remember what I told myself. That's that's gonna be the day. <laughs> that's, that's the day that's I run it. the marathon. Um, so so what are uh, what are some small uh, steps in in terms of in terms of setting some of those smaller realistic? Uh, so so you kind of want. Um, if I can remember from kind of talking about this on past episodes, um, uh, kind of, um, you know, the smaller, achievable, um, measurable, yep. and like, well, what's still a couple other? Still, yeah, it's still, still challenging. challenging. It's, it can be, it has to be out of your comfort zone simultaneously. I, I did start this, uh, there's this new, there's this app. I'm not endorsing them. I, it hasn't been the most effective thing in the world for me, but I like the idea of it. Um, it's called Fabulous and uh, mo Motivate Me or something like that. And the idea is, is that it's like starting with really small things. It's on an app and you check it each day. So like the first three days are like drink a big glass of water the first thing in the morning each day and then you hit a check mark and then it's like, you know, it's meant to be an easy thing like that to reinforce that you're kind of getting some traction. And then the next thing is like, eat a healthy breakfast. So like no pancakes, uh, you know, have, have some protein, um, some things like that. And then you, so now you're checking off the water and the protein and you do a few days like that. And then it's like, okay, seven minutes of exercise in the morning. And I haven't, uh, I have been, there yet. I've been hitting the, <laughs> the old snooze button on, 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 on that one. <laughs> but but I, I love the idea of it, for sure. Well, my dad exercises at home by walking the corridors. Like he literally walks in up and apartment. down in, in, in their apartment. 
You literally walk oh, in circles. Oh, that's that's the uh, that's the um uh, you you mean the insane asylum aerobics <laughs> yes, course that was that was popular <laughs> popularized by Charles Manson, I believe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, you sort of walk in the mall, you walk your living room, over and over. <laughs> Just keep circling it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, our dog does that in the backyard too. Uh, what other wonderful health tips can we <laughs> can we learn from the psych ward? <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, art projects. No, I, uh, art get into art projects. <laughs> The, the, I think the point that you're trying to make, uh, excuse me for being a comedian, um, is, is that there, there are kind of, kind of no matter what your situation is, there are, there are ways in which you can do small things to make improvements in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and doing those small, do, taking those small steps uh, at a time is, is a big part of it. And, and I think what also it is, is that we always... My, my big thing is a lot of this stuff where we talk about look, happiness because I study happiness and well-being and self-help stuff is is that there, there's no one-size-fits-all thing. It's not like this is what you should go do and go do it all. It's like even with diets, like one diet works for me. It doesn't work. It makes you know, it makes you fat, makes somebody else, you know, hungry. It, it, it's just it, it, it gives somebody else a heart attack. I don't know. Yeah. But like we're different people. We know this. It, we're, we just have a fancy word called, word called heterogeneity. It's just that people are different. Like some people like to live in the city. Some people like to live in Wisconsin. You know, I'm from Iowa. We wouldn't want to live in Wisconsin, but uh, some people like big cars. Some people like small cars. And so we all have different needs and different things that we like, and that's good. Otherwise everyone would want to live in the city. And so it makes it more affordable for me so that, you know, it's, so just because it works for somebody else doesn't mean that it's going to work for you and you just got to find your own way. And that makes well, it better because then we, we're not all eating the, you know, the same thing or buying the same thing. at the, So you can still have your Ferrari. Uh, well, this is awkward because I was going to ask you to redo the 10 commandments <laughs> and chisel some universals in stone for all of humanity. But uh, oh, okay, if, if we if we gotta be flexible, scratch that. Uh, scratch that question, I guess. Uh, so, so what, what if? Uh, I mean, I you know, you know the tricky thing is this is again from a from a personal level. This is like I I I'm very fascinated by the lies that I tell myself. Um, I. I'm great at lying and I'm very gullible. And so I am just like <laughs> so good at lying to myself. And it's sometimes I catch myself doing it and I'm like, wow, <laughs> I really believe that was my motivation for that behavior. <laughs> Incredible. It's healthy and, too. Made you happy. Uh, like it works. <laughs> yeah. But within that, there is this like, you know, there are universals that work pretty well. Like I'd say like everyone could probably benefit from drinking water in the morning. <laughs> Go, going for a walk. Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 but then, you know, there's so many individuals. Just did an episode on sleep. Oh, you guys know Slatin, right? Uh, or not? Slatin Krishan? Um, no, I'm not familiar. Never mind. Um, uh, oh, it must have been. I think it was Kathleen that um, 
suggested him to me originally, and that thus the association. Um, anyhow, he, he's, only a, two. Yeah. He, he's a uh, he's a sleep researcher, and we had a big discussion on this. There's things like these things that work fairly well for a lot of people, like say napping. Uh, you know, for uh, improves creativity and retention. Blah blah blah. For your average person, not everyone's going to be a napper. But how do you then see? Then I find myself going like, well, you know, uh, there are some like good general practices, but individual differences. I need a whiskey right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. So now you come up with your own. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like in a, in a little bit of lying to yourself and everyone else. Yeah, yeah you can make it all work. So I, I, it, it's a tricky one, right? I mean, I think when Joel says we're all different, we have to find what it works. It doesn't mean stop striving to be better. It just means be flexible on what might be the best thing to do. And it doesn't mean also that science doesn't work either. Like everything's a probability. Like you could smoke your whole life and not and, and not you know live to be 110. You yeah. could be. You know it's. That it, the, the problem is, you, you know, it's just a probability. It's a really high probability. It's like 30%, yeah. you know, chance. But uh, that, you know, and so you could lie to yourself and be like, no, I'm, I'm that person that lives to 105 and smokes. Uh, and, 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 and first and off, that's that a real good. bummer because half of us smokers are trying to die early. That's why, that's why we're, <laughs> do, that's why we're doing it. Like, Oh no, but you're lying. Only a 30% more chance. <laughs> what else can I do? Where's some asbestos? Yeah. 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 That's uh, I'm a, I'm a cup of pessimism as half, half empty. Um, type, type of guy uh, or whatever I'm trying to say there. Um, so, so what are, what are some very, uh, what, what are some very, very basic small things at this time that you think probabilistically the highest number of people could benefit from implementing that, that would be realistic. Well, we go. Well, you're not going to like my answer, but it kind of depends on at what life you're living right now. Like, if right. you're unemployed and you're struggling and you don't have much to do in your life, the advice would be different than if you still have a job and everything is a bit more hectic right now. So, I think it still depends on what is it that you need more in your life and finding a way to squeeze that in. Because if you're basically at a point in which you don't have a job and you're stressed about it, I would tell you to go try to get a skill. Mm -hmm. right find something that you enjoy to do and find a way to get better at it so at least when the time is over you feel like you achieved something even if it's not money you felt like you added something to yourself yeah and, and gosh you, know, you might as well be my parents talking to me right <laughs> now i get it i don't have a real job i get it my little <laughs> internet funny. skits aren't gonna work out okay okay Keep telling your jokes <laughs> I was about making puzzles like make more puzzles <laughs> but, but we do know from from, like from uh, happiness research, what makes people happy? Like all these things on the uh, on the edge, um, you know, just kind of like tweak happiness. But yeah, if you don't have a job, it's 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 one of the hardest things and demoralizing places to be at. Um, and and so yeah, getting getting educated, get, you know, keeping your skills up. And luckily, right now, there's so many online courses 
um, and there's 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 ways to continue to do that to build your skills. And you know, th- we're going to see a lot of people go back to school. Uh, graduate programs admissions spike during recessions because people are out of jobs, so they go back to school. And so that's that's a, a good place, and you can stay up to date on, on on the latest things. And people haven't been going back to school in nearly as high rates in the past ten years because the economy's doing great. You know, yeah, yeah. I quit my job and give up a really good income. I mean, I, what? One of one of the most fortunate things is a relationship I built last year was with a organization called the Great Courses, the Great Courses Plus that has a bunch of lecture okay, series. Yeah. You can go to offer code here we are to get <laughs> some sort of discounter that I don't quite remember. But but the the point is is it, not not just that, but there's there's so many different organizations out there. I've been taking I've been taking online courses for years and years and years now and it's and I don't have a formal college education but I'm able to hold a conversation with scientists in a number of fields because I've been able to educate myself online for either free or or very inexpensively and yeah. and this is this is an opportunity that I think people haven't taken advantage of yet yeah. and now is the time i sorry for the shameless plug i don't i don't even i don't care what organization you use but man if ever now, there was a time yeah, to spark I mean, people we're employed by you know major educational institutions so it is a shameless plug that, that we would say that but i mean it's yeah. because we believe in it yeah but it, yeah. it's also shown to to uh increase increase happiness so that's yeah. what i would you know i agree with that is that is the education part and you know to answer your your question to me as well is my research is, you know, we, we, we focus on, on the happiness from purchases and material and experiential purchases and how those lead to ha- more or less happiness. And, you know, we find, again, that experience, experiential purchases lead to more happiness than buying material things. And, but but the, the caveat to all that is that, or kind of the hidden secret is, is that you don't even need to purchase experiences a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the reason what we're finding more and more and, and a, a recent meta-analysis is, is that the, it, the reason that experiences are leading to more happiness is because they tend to be social and they, or, and they lead to relatedness or social connections with other people. And they kind of tell me a little bit about myself and they allow me to explore um, uh, that, that social relationship with other people. And so going, it, 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 going on a bike ride or going on a walk, going on a hike, you can still do a lot of those things in most cities in the world and it's going to be good for you. And it's actually going to increase your happiness. And yeah. And what really a time that. to have an experience. Holy yeah. crap. You, <laughs> We're getting you, a lot of them. You, you, you could walk, you can, you can walk down Times Square right now and have <laughs> your own vanilla sky moment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, I, I mean, incredible. You will never forget that. I, I, I mean, uh, let's let's assume that that uh, they don't arrest you. I don't know. Will they? I I don't I don't I don't know what the, they might arrest you. But the 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 point is that can be uh, an experience. The the point <laughs> is my that can that can be an getting arrested can be an experience. <laughs> Finally, I get my own cell. <laughs> I think cops are less likely to uh, you know run the risk yeah. of touching someone and actually putting handcuffs on. Uh, <laughs> on any of these days, so you might also be able to get away with a little more. But uh, the point is, my drive from LA to Wisconsin was um, 
was very unsettling and creepy um, because the roads were just completely like empty the whole time. But at the same time, I will never forget it the rest of my life. And it was like some of the most beautiful drives that I've ever had. And, and there's like, there's, there's never been a better time to like take in nature um, yeah. for people and maybe start building those, you know, so there's, there's so many adults that have maybe never gone for a hike in their adult life. Um, and, and might, might be able to discover, uh, the joy of it and, and maybe make it a regular routine for even when things go back to whatever the new normal is, uh, is going to be. Um, well, I'm going to sidetrack for a second, but I, yeah. I, I have a thought about, you know, people not driving and not being on the streets. I feel like if you believe in the big justice of the universe and that, you know, we have been screwing the world so much over the last hundred years, yeah. that this is some form of a payback to human beings. That kind of makes sense because it looks like we are finally making the earth breathe again by not driving and not having the planes and not polluting everywhere. You look at pictures of Venice and dolphins have emerged there, right? I mean, literally, and shutting in down some way, shutting down factories. Like we are, these are bad things in some way, but I think we are finally giving an earth a break. And I like to think that that's like a little bit of a silver lining. That's not that unimportant. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I think evolution for any species is, uh, you know, a real rodeo. And, uh, and, and, you know, that that eight seconds that you get, you're like, this is going great. Uh, and, and, Until it's not. But, but, but every, every species gets bucked off at some point. Um, so, uh, so it's, it's important to be mindful of that in terms of uh taking things for granted and and le letting our ego think that everything's just going to be okay and 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 that humans are just going to be able to do whatever the hell that we want to all of the time and like maybe i'll try riding this thing with my hands off <laughs> uh, <laughs> um there, there's hopefully a lot of a lot of good personal and cultural habits that will come from all of this. And my hope is is that people are going to start giving a shit about science. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Yay, yes. science! It, it might be <laughs> really. The, Should we believe, might, have people believe in that again? It, it would be incredible if it happened. If if, if there's ever going to be a moment for for science to get the public's uh, um, uh, attention. This is the time. So, um, so thank you guys both for joining me on the show and giving me your time away from your uh, yeah. your busy family and <laughs> life and and. Well, thanks, thanks for having yeah. us, and thanks for always being a, a big promoter of science. I think that's a good a good way to to say oh, it. To end it. My pleasure. I, I couldn't stop doing it if I wanted to. Love what you guys do. So thank you very much. And I appreciate you both. And uh, hope to talk in person next time. Hopefully. Guys, I can't even tell you who's next week on the pro program because we're cranking these episodes out so fast. We're going to get them out even faster. I've been having problems. My poor editor, Jimmy Fro with the Indie Music Show. My goodness, he got stuck quarantined away from his normal computer. He's been trying to do things on his laptop, 
hasn't had enough space. He's trying to get hard drives to offload things. He's trying to get new, bought a new fancy computer. That computer could was not working. He sent it back. He's trying to get a new one, and he's trying to keep up with all of this. And I have to keep paying him now more than ever. And he's trying to do all put put all this on YouTube. He's he, I've I've made 10 times the workload and he's doing the best that he can for us but if you want to help support me uh to support the team um i as you as you know i lost all of my income when live touring ended at least 90 percent of it and so right now uh, the the surest way to fund this show is just to go to patreon.com slash Shane Moss. Do I have special VIP things behind a, uh, a paywall? No, I'm sorry I don't because I don't like the paywall. I might do it in the future. I just don't like uh, that all of this, the idea of this great content going behind a paywall. I don't think, uh, you know, I want people that even if they can't afford um, uh, to support the show, to be able to get this great content. Anyway, uh, I, I really believe in this. I believe in what I do, and I believe in what scientists do, and I want people to have access to that. So if you have it to spare, um, if, you could, if you could support me on Patreon, um, uh, because I, a lot of others can't right now. And um, I, I will, uh, if, if you... If we do live touring again, and we're given the okay again, I'm happy to, uh, you know, come to the show. Let me know you're a Patreon supporter. Uh, I'll hook you up with some merch. We'll get a hug if if we get back into um, being able to <laughs> to get within six feet of one another again um, one day in the distant future. Um, that you know, whatever. I I just I just don't want to. Um, I, I don't think it's, uh, I also just don't think it's fair to my guests that give me all of their time and everything to, to put any of their episodes or content behind a paywall. Um, so less people are hearing it. So I just don't want to do that, but I would, I would love if you're just donation only, if you would, um, support the show, that would be absolutely fantastic. Thank you all for what you do. And we'll talk with you next episode. Star Brains Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.